as usual, Roy L., compulsive overeater. They never give me enough time. That's why. That's why I started light a candle out of a resentment. I go to Serenity Sunday and they ask me to 20 minutes to explain, you know, 30 years of recovery. And I'd spend the first five minutes complaining about how they didn't give me enough time. So then I had 15 minutes, you know. So it's just roughly the same thing here. Um, so if I, 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 if I go into a food log, I'll get bogged down. So I'll just, I'll just minimize and say my top weight was 280-something. That's over 100 pounds over where I am today. I'm a 100-pounder. I've gained and lost 80 pounds at least three times last lesser amounts of weight. I've been on the amphetamines, the Stillman diet, the pregnant hormone shots, the liquid protein. And I was an exercise bulimic. I ran 90-degree heat in Miami in high noons, you know, 90 degree heat, 90 degree humidity during the summer, running in a circle for 12 miles. That was my high high point of the pulse of exercise. And then when I moved back up north, I'm running behind a snow plow with a ski mask on, the flakes coming down, and people are coming out on their porch to get their newspaper and fur coats, and they see me running, and they go, hey, Rocky, you know? Because they figure I must be on the Olympic team or something. Who, who else is running me on a snowplow in a blizzard? The answer is the compulsive overeater who somehow, someday thinks I'm going to keep this weight off through exercise or finding a magic diet or hitting a magic number on a scale. And I never, I chased that delusion to the gates of insanity and death and wound up out of control with the food. And I hit my bottom, believe it or not, in Paris, France in 1978. I had two weeks of abstinence on gray sheet. That's all there was back then in OA. It was all it was all women and it was all gray sheet. And the higher power was kind of the food plan, which uh, is not the message I want to carry today. But it was all they could give to me. And I was abstinent for two weeks until I had to go. I was going to France and... I lost my absence in France. You know, they say you hit the, you hit the ground running. Well, I, I landed in Paris eating. I lost my abstinence on the plane going over and gained 30 pounds in the first month I was over there. And I hit a bottom in Marseille in 1978 in the Gare, the uh, train station where I was going to take the Midnight Express to Paris. Now, remember, I was going to OA meetings in Paris, and they, was, they were... Nobody was abstinent. It was the shakiest, flakiest, <laughs> slipperiest OA meeting in the history of the planet, you know. And I, but I, 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 I'm looking at like my sixth French Mounds bar of the day. I'm sugared up here. And I said, do you want this thing more than you want to be abstinent? Remember, I had two weeks of abstinence. And the answer was, I wasn't sure. But the pain of the present had to get more terrible than the fear of the future and I was willing to step into this brave new world. The book says, presently you and the man will live in a new and wonderful world. And I just was, I down that six mounds bar of the day, you know how it is, what the book says, how did I get started anyway? Oh well, I might as well finish the job now, I'll try again later. So down the hatch I woke, I took the midnight express up the pass and I got off that train and said, I just want to be abstinent. And I went to a brossery and told them, enlevé the pan, take away the bread, enlevé the... You know, I just ate eggs, apple for dessert, 
put milk in the coffee. They wouldn't let me put milk in the coffee on gray sheet, you know, which was ridiculous. You know, everybody, it was a cookie cutter, you know, every, one size fits all abstinence, which is ridiculous. We all have a different abstinence. Some of us are bulimic, some of us are... And I was able to get into a state of grace and be abstinent just for that one moment, you know. And then I got abstinent through lunch, and then I got abstinent through dinner. And I, I consider that a state of grace. Nothing I did, I had no power in me whatsoever. I didn't have the power to keep that candy bar from going from there to there. And all of a sudden, I'm in a state of grace. And I've remained in that state of grace now for over 37 years. And I, ha- and I consider that a gift of the higher power, but I have to do what I need to do to stay in a state of grace. And I suggest to the newcomers that you too can have this thing. That's the most important thing we have to learn. And it says in the preface, you know, we're going to listen to these personal stories. And in this case, we go to OA meetings or read the Brown Book for OA stories or listen to the podcast, you know. I was listening to my favorite speaker last night, me. And uh, <laughs> we listen to our stories and uh, we say to ourselves, yes, I ate like that. This is in the preface of the big book. More important, yes, I felt like that. And most important, yes, I think this thing can work for me too. So if I, uh, in the interest of... Time preservation, which seems to be the rule in OA. They won't let me give me enough time. Here's my message. It's not, I've been abstinent for over 37 years. I've been a free man for over 37 years. And that's what Bill Wilson heard. You know, that's what happened to him in that hospital. If you read his story or listen to his tapes, he said, you know, Abby brought him the message at the kitchen table in Brooklyn. He checked himself in the town's hospital waving a bottle of beer and so, of course, said, yeah, throw out that bottle of beer and go upstairs and go to bed, my boy. He says, I've got something, doctor. He says, I'm sure you have, my boy. Give me that bottle of beer and go upstairs and go to bed. And then everybody came back to him in a hospital and he asked him, what is this program again? And he said, you know, it's real simple, Bill. I'm going to translate it for our program. You get honest with yourself about your eating and what's really bothering you, what we call defects. They called it sins in those days. The Oxford Groupers. There was no OA or AA. So you get honest with yourself about your eating and what's bothering you. You got to quit this living alone. All right, join the fellowship. You got to do an inventory. You got to share it with somebody. You got to kind of make a confession. And you got to go out and make restitution to anybody you've harmed. And you know, I've, Bill, I've learned a new way of helping people from this group. I help people with no thought of compensation or recognition or prestige. And Bill, I know you're kind of gun shy about this God stuff, as some of you all might still be, and perhaps our newcomer. But, you know, it helped me, Bill, and I think it would help you. Just pray to whatever God you think might be out there while you go through this process. And then Bill mulled this over, and he, you know, he's very antipathetic, Towards the G word, you know, he describes himself in his 1951 Dallas talk as a lusty agnostic. Not meaning sexually, but enthusiastic agnostic. He'll argue with a divinity student all night long, tell him why he's an idiot for believing in God. After what he saw in Europe, you know, the Christian nations of Europe blowing each other up to the tune of nine million people in the war. These were Christian nations. I don't believe in this God stuff. I, I doubt if the religions of mankind on balance have done much good at all. 
It's in the book. And he couldn't get over the fact that this idiot is sober and he's not. Okay? And he says, there's something at work here in the human heart. This guy had no more power in him than I had, which was none at all. He, like myself, had admitted complete defeat. So Bill's thinking this over. You know, he's in a pit of depression after having heard the message twice now from Ebby, once in Brooklyn and once again in the hospital. And he says to himself, okay, if there is a God, let him show himself. And poof, he has a white light experience, what, what the, the psychologists call a photism. And um, here's what he heard. He's, you know, he has all the wind on the mountaintop and he's lifted up in the spirit and there's a wind of spirit blowing. And here's what he said, I heard this voice in my head. It said, you are a free man. See, that's what he heard. The obsession had been removed. Okay? Now, for 37 years, as far as this eating obsession, it has been removed. I'm not fighting it. I'm on safe, neutral ground. I'm not cocky. I'm not afraid. The problem has been removed. At one point, I had no power to keep a candy bar from going into my mouth. And I stepped into a state of grace for 37 years. And the obsession has been removed. Okay? So, if I have a message to you, it's this. It's on page 28 of the book. If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all. Now, that's strong language. I can tell you my message is I used to weigh 100 pounds more and I've been passing for normal for 37 years. But that's not my message. It gets the attention of the newcomer. Just like my first sponsor. She said, my name's Edie. I'm a compulsive overeater. I've lost 90 pounds and kept it off for five years. That got my attention. But ultimately, that message of just, I'm actually not ungracious, did not work for me. What worked for me is this. If what we have felt, learned and felt and seen means anything at all, this is a strong message, isn't it? Strong language. It means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we're willing and honest enough to try. But what does that mean? It means I found power here. Okay, I found a power. There's a, there's a power that restores me to sanity. For me to pick up a candy bar to, today would be an act of insanity. You know, it's like if you try and commit suicide out there, drink a cup of strychnine or whatever, and, they, and you survive somehow, the medics will put you in a nut house. They'll put you under a hole. They would consider an act of suicide an abnormal mental disorder. You're, you're considered crazy. They put you on, what do they call them, 70, 70 holes or something. You know, it's considered insane to try and take your life. It's, it's against your natural instincts. And for me to pick up a candy bar after 37 years would be crazy. And, and, but I've been restored to sanity because if what I've learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that I, regardless of race, creed, or color, or character defects, and I'm the children of a living creator with whom I formed a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as I was willing and honest enough to try. So how do you try and form the relationship? You start simple. You go to OA meetings, you get a food sponsor, and you get on a food plan. But that's not the message. People say, well, I'm abstinent today, I'm a winner today. No, you're not. 
you know, if you believe the book, I mean, maybe that's your message or the message you're getting from your sponsor, but the message I get from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is adapted for our program is that sensation of compulsive eating is but the first step in recovery from a long-term strained abnormal condition. People who say that not eating is enough are unthinking. That's the message I get from the big book. Okay, that's the message I carry. I carry this message. I don't carry... There is no Royale program. I got no Royale steps or Royale promises. I carry this message because this message saved my life. When Sheet was a higher power to most people, and those people ain't around today most of the time, I am. Lean, clean, mean, and serene. <laughs> like a recovery machine. I'm still here and I've been a free man. That's the message I carry. Okay? It begins when you get your ass in a meeting. You go up to somebody who says, I've lost 90 pounds and kept it all for five years. And you say, can you help me make a food plan? That's how it starts. See, I wake up every day not saying, I'm going to not eat it. I wake up every day saying, God, I'm a compulsive overeater. Thanks for a day of abstinence. Thanks for taking care of me. Grant me the willingness to stay absent today and go to a meeting and maybe help somebody else. See, I start my day with not picking up the food. But the goal of my day is to carry the vision of God's will in all my activities. That's what the book says my goal is. That's what I've learned, is I carry this message that I go out into the world trying to live this way of life. Imperfectly, not a saint, Screwing up, losing my temper at meetings, losing my temper with other members, having to make amends, having to, you know, I mean, it took me 14 years to get cash register honest in recovery. How do you like making, you know, financial amends when you're 16 years on the program? You know, it was very embarrassing. It was very humiliating. Anyway, how much time do I have left, though? Six minutes to talk about 37 years living on the program, eh? <laughs> Thank you, OA, once again. Well, let me put it this way. The food's what gets me here, okay? The first half of the first step. Then I realize that even if I get abstinent, I'm not wrapped too tight. That's the uh, second half of that first step, the unmanageability, you know? And then I realize I need help. Or if the, if the insanity stays in the mind, page 52, the spiritual malady, we call it. I'm having personal problems with personal relationships. I can't seem to control my emotional natures. I'm afraid of misery and depression. I'm, ha I'm having trouble making a living. I'm full of fear. I can't seem to be a real help to other people. I'm unhappy. That's called the spiritual malady. I can be that way. abstinent. Uh, you know? I realize I need help to get through that and I make a decision I, I need a piece of the serenity pie not the cho chocolate cream pie the serenity pie okay I make a decision to go for this thing and then I get, ask somebody to help me go through these steps and I make an inventory and a confession and share it with somebody and I go out and make restitution to all those I've harmed as best as imperfectly to be sure but and then I ruthlessly face my sins. That's the line from Bill's story, which means step six and seven. You know, I can't, I can't keep this shit in my life and stay abstinent. 
And I ask God to remove them. I don't work on my character defects. I, I make the inventory. I read it to my sponsor. I get honest with what's blocking me. That these, And we make a list of amends. And I go out and make restitution. And then I help people, especially compulsive overeaters, with no thought of recognition or payback. And then, you know, some of y'all might be shy about this God thing, but it helped me and it might help you just to pray whoever God you think might be out there while you go through this process. And because I've been willing to do that, I stay in this grace for over 37 years, a free man. Okay? So that's the message I bring when I speak at meetings. And there are some meetings that actually give me enough time to do it. <laughs> I had to start one to do it but I think they learned their lesson anyway uh, uh, is there anything else I need to add I don't think so I mean I got still got a lot of problems it has to do you know I wasn't presented the program well in the beginning honestly I'm not blaming OA I'm talking about my first sponsor in the beverage program you know there are people who are willing to bet my life on their opinions of what this program is. I've, had, I've survived those people, and I mean survived. So one guy down there in uh, Redondo, I was speaking, and he, I think he was, had a little few resentments against my ethnic group, you know, a little anti-Semitic shit, but oh, you needed that to get you where you were today. He was a, kind of an angry guy, and uh, I don't believe in that. I believe in what the literature says. There's no authority. I'm certainly not. It says that the only authority is the loving God is expressed through the group conscience, which means the big book and the other conference-approved literature. We got good step. LA literature is well written. I love that for today book. I read it every morning. And uh, but you know somewhere in uh, Bill sees it. Actually, it's on page 105. He says, you know, my responsibility to newcomers is adequate presentation of the program. And he says in a pamphlet called uh, Problems Other Than Alcohol, which he wrote, you know, the, the responsibility of every group is the teaching and the application of the 12-step program. And he says further on in one of the, I think it's in Bill C., he says, once you've been presented with this way of life, there's a moral responsibility to pick up the spiritual toolkit. Okay, a moral responsibility. Okay. Which means that these people who are just working the Anything Goes Anonymous program, like my first sponsor, and I do, I do feel I survived them. Two of his sponsees committed suicide. You know, he, he would say stuff like, hey, you got yourself sober, you know. There's, you know, He was just probably not even a real alcoholic, maybe a hard drinker. There are people who can stay abstinent, just go on to meetings, maybe talking to other compulsive overeaters on the phone. That's cool. I'm all for the tools. I use it myself. I still have a food sponsor. I email on my food every day. Uh, I believe in the tools. Meetings, you know, writing, food plants, food sponsors. But ultimately, if I want what I have, and I, in OA, I want what I have. Okay? I'm the one. And when I go to 99% of the meetings, the one who has what I want is me. I'm a free man. Okay, I'm not worried about it. i got to know somebody. I can't go to AA meetings. They eat too much after the meetings, you know. Okay. The book tells me that I can go anywhere in the world. And then if I can't, 
I still have a compulsive overeater's mind. There's something wrong with my spiritual condition. I don't know what you want out of this program. When I came here, I just wanted to stop eating, obviously, and I wanted to be thin. And I think most of us arrive in that way. But what I want today is what I got, which is I'm a free man. Thank you, God. I don't take any credit for it. But I carry this message. And I will not bet a sponsor's life on my opinions what this is. That, okay, that's, I'll close with this. When I take somebody through the steps in OA, all I do is I have them take white out, cross out alcohol, put in food, cross out alcoholism, put in compulsive eating, put in food addiction, you know. In the doctor's opinion, it says, I've been a director of a hospital that has dealt with alcoholic addiction. I just say, food addiction. And I take them right through the book, right, the steps. Because I want him to live in a new and wonderful world. And I want him to have what has been given to me, which is I've been a free man for 37 plus years. Okay? So, my time's up. Thank you. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. I don't believe that. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself if you're being recorded. So if you use your name, it, it might wind up on the recording. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the way podcast. If being recorded, please restate the question. After, all right, so I'm here. I, I should restate the question, right? To make sure it's okay. Who has a question? There's a question. Hey, how you doing? Uh, what do you do on a daily basis to make sure you stay a free man? Good question. What do I, the question is, what do I do on a daily basis? Well, I get directions in the book. The book says further on in this volume, clear cut directions are given. So it tells me when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is ask God to divorce my thinking from self pity, dishonest, or self seeking motives. And I got problems currently you know financial and all this other stuff so i ask god remove my divorce my thinking from self-pity dishonest self-seeking motives then i say the third step prayer usually i say the old form of the prayer the old oxford group third step prayer which is actually one of the stories in the back of the book that's fitz mayo's story of southern friend he's god here i am and here are all my troubles i made a mess of things and can't do anything about it you take me in all my troubles and do anything you want with me and then I talk about, if I got resentments, I pray for the people. I ask God to remove the fear, the anger. Help me see them as sick people. Grant me the same pity, patience, tolerance, and goodwill towards them. I cheerfully grant a sick person. Save me from anger, or argument, retaliation. Help me see them as sick. And I talk about some character defects that I might have, like impatience in my driving, which still plagues me somewhat, including on the way here this morning. And uh, I ask, and I say the seven-step prayer. Be careful of the seven-step prayer. It's very powerful. You know, my Creator, I'm not only have all me good and bad. That's the reason we got light a candle today is because I have the character defect, according to Ira, from the that I fell in love with my own voice many years ago. And according to him, that's vanity, right? Well, God will take the character defect and use it. Bill Wilson was a grandiose guy. Okay, he always thought about being number one man, captain of industry, 
So it's three weeks in the detox laying there. It's three weeks, not three weeks, three days off the alcohol. And he's thinking of founding a movement where one alcoholic helps another. And Roseanne's the same way. She, I was just listening to her uh, light a candle recording. Like She was thinking, like, I know that OA can go worldwide, you know. She's the perfect person to start OA. Bill Wilson's the perfect person. So the point is, I got character defects. I asked God to remove them. If I'm impatient, I'll probably get put in lines. If I'm playing for tolerance, I'll probably encounter a lot of assholes. <laughs> if I say to God, I need more t- patience in my driving, I'll probably get, you know, hit bad traffic. See, God, God will mess with me. You know, but it'll take care, even the, the good and the bad, it'll take character defects and use them if they're necessary. It says, please remove from me all, everything that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. It's all about being useful. Okay? So, uh, that's how I start my day. I also have the, to- I have a food sponsor and I email her the food the night before. I, I believe in the tools. I believe in going to meetings. And I believe in, uh, food plans and food sponsors. So, in other words, I don't do anything except what's recommended in the OA canon, if you want to call it that, which is the nine tools and the twelve steps is outlined in the big book. So when they say that my own opinions, I don't have any opinions about what this is. I just do what the book says. And also what OA says in the nine tools. You see, that's how I start my day. And because of this, I've been a free man. There's a hand. Or is that a, just a, a salute? Or what is that? Okay. All right. My food plan today? Yeah, I email it. Uh, actually, I put... I, I, what is that BCC, that thing where you, I put some of my sponsees on it. So I want them to know what I'm eating, too. So I send it to Zan, and she's my food sponsor. Then that, my first food sponsor when I got to L.A. was Roseanne. And then Natalie. And now it's been Zan for, shit, for I don't know, six, 15 years. What am I doing? Can you give me the money? No. All right, here. Anyway, uh... Uh, my food plan today. All right, I eat uh, eggs or egg substitutes. Whole wheat tortillas. Or low-carb tortillas. 50 calories for a small one, 100 calories for a big one. Uh, coffee with milk. Almond milk. 60, 30 calories a cup, right? Unsweetened. Apples still. Three small apples. Um, or a couple bananas, you know. I still eat fruit for dessert. I, ha- I, don't, I haven't eaten... Candy, sugar, I, that's on my, off my food plan. Those are what we call alcoholic foods, red light foods, trigger foods, binge foods, whatever you want to call them. They're foods that manifest a phenomenon of craving with me, if you read the doctor's opinion. Lori C. did an excellent job on this in the OA birthday party. Re, I, I do recommend listening to his book study. He talks about the phenomenon of craving and how the doctor's opinion applies to him and in me, me as a compulsive overeater. And so I get my binge foods off my food plant. So for lunch, if I'm working, I might eat a turkey burger. And what did I have yesterday? I had Trader Joe's sashimi and a turkey burger and some carrots and apples for lunch. And then for dinner, I had um, three small potatoes. Small, but, you know. I microwaved them, cut them in half, no butter, no sour cream, and I, and I had a Costco salmon filet 
and apples for dessert. So it's basically protein, some starch. I'm not much on salads, honestly. I'm not a big salad person, but man, my weight's been good. 174 pounds. That's over 100 pounds under my top weight. My weight's been really stabilized. So I just, simple, simple. I eat the same thing almost every day. Why? Because it's not an issue. The, the obsession has been removed. I remember when Natalie suggested I give up a... I was eating like two sweet potatoes baked in the microwave. No sugar or anything. I'm just sweet potatoes. And I said, well, my weight's up a little. She said, why don't you give up one of the potatoes? Eat one. And I said, okay. And she says to me, you must have some recovery. I said, well, thank you for the compliment. Well, why would you say that? She said, because you didn't fight me over the sweet potato. If I'm still gripped in the obsession, you know, I'll fight you over that potato. Take my potato? You know, I'm obsessed. But the food, you know, I just, God, please give me the willingness to give up the potato. And I gave up the potato. And, you know, I've been in this maintenance range now for like years. Okay, next question. There's always a question on what's your food. Go ahead. What was your Good question. Well, the question is, what was my higher power like in the beginning and how is it different today? Is that more or less it? Yeah. Great question because, you know, uh, I tell my sponsees when I take them through the steps, I said, there's this formula called recovery. My goal is to be a free man. What's your goal? Oh, I want to be a free man. Okay. So you got this recovery goal, right? Capital R. And so you got three variables and a constant to get to this recovery. It's like a little mathematical metaphor. I say, uh, what do you think the constant is? And they usually say, God. And I say, no, that's a variable because you can come in with one kind of God and go out with another. As the book asks you to lay aside your prejudices and your old ideas. Maybe you've been given an idea of God or religion from parents or an upbringing that no longer works for you. Punishing gods or anthropomorphic gods on a cloud that zaps people, you know, or keeps score. I said, that's a variable. I said, the constant is the big book. What we're going to do is do the steps as outlined in the book. So you, I say, your, your higher power is a variable. The most important variable is your own attitude. Willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, and humility on page 13 of Bill's story are indispensable. With this simple attitude, a few simple rules, a few, a few essential requirements. This is language from the book. Willingness, honesty, open-mindedness, humility. They're essential. They're indispensable. That's the most important thing. And that's a variable that you bring to the equation. And then finally, the least important variable, me, the sponsor. Because anybody who's been through this process can take you through this process. Of course, sometimes you can't always find somebody who knows what they're doing in OA. You can't find them in AA. Trust me. But... Uh, so I came in with an, uh, with a, a conf- I didn't know what God was. I was totally confused. I, I, I wasn't anti-clerical or anti-religious. I wasn't closed-minded, which is great to have an open mind. That's essential. Are you now willing to believe, you know, in a higher power? That's all you need. You know, if you say yes, you know, it says we can make this approach from a very, very simple level. Well, there's power in the OA meetings. Go to meetings. Make the start with a collective unconscious or consciousness. And OA is your higher power. So I came in confused, not knowing about the G word. 
But I was open. Then my first sponsor tried to send me away from God. He was kind of, he was an AA guy. The OA people, it was all about the food plan when I came in. Nobody was using the big book, in my, at least in Miami. Five minutes. And I worked the steps and this power, this it revealed itself to me. My, if I, if I, you ask me what my higher power is today, I'll put a word on it. If that'll make you happy, God is I don't understand Him. But the book says God will not make hard terms for those who seek Him. As we drew near to Him, He disclosed Himself to us. So if you put down the food, that's the book says this. This process is about removing the obstacles which block me from the power. The first obstacle is food. I got to put down my binge foods. I start by putting down the food. Just as an alcoholic, he's got to be detoxed. You got to put down the booze. I'm not going to work fourth step with a guy with booze on his breath. So I asked my sponsees, get 30 days back-to-back abstinence off of sugar. That's one of your trips. Get a food sponsor, food plan. Get a home group. Get a commitment. The nine tools, right? If you can get 30 days back-to-back, I'll take you through the book. So the answer to your question is, I call my higher power today, God, as I don't understand Him. And it's never been required that I understand Him. It has been required that I get on my knees and pray. That I make amends. That I continue to do inventory. That I help other compulsive overeaters. In other words, God is a word that... Don't the Orthodox Jews call it Hashem or something? You're not supposed to put a name on God. I'm not a good on Judaism, you know, but... Who the hell cares what you call them? Call them... HP, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't, today I don't understand what God is. I just know it's been working in my life. This power has been working in my life. At one time I had no power. Now I got power. I did the steps, saw those resentments go. And I realized this book was right all along. And my first sponsor was just betting my life on his opinions of what this thing is. See, that's how I became a savage book thumper. <laughs> through survivor's experience. One more question. I want to get some questions in. Go ahead. What has it provided me with? Is that the question? Is what, what is the program providing me with that made me lean, clean, serene, and mean like a recovery machine? The answer is, um, well, it pro- first of all, it provides me with the, the fellowship I crave. I could not stay absent in AA. I mean, they're binging on donuts, you know. I'm not saying they're all compulsive overeaters. I'm saying if they're new and squirrely in sobriety, they're going to substitute one drug for, you know, they gave up alcohol. Now they're using sugar. Some of those people need to be here. And some of them, if they get the steps, they'll quiet down and they'll go to join the tannies or whatever and lose the weight, you know. But food was my first drug. Okay, I was fat before I was drunk. I've been fat since the age of seven. That was my family disease. My father became diabetic, couldn't stop eating candy. My brother's been up over... He claims he never got up to 280, but I think he has. He's down now. You know, my mother... That's my family disease is food. That was my first drug. That was a kid's drug. That's all I could get. So the point is, this program provided me with identification. It is so important. Where's my big book? So number one, I need a place to talk about. They don't get my food thing in, in the other 12-step programs. We all need to be in OA because uh, that's why I tell them, I say, uh, you should definitely read the Brown book or go to meetings, speaker meetings, because you need the identification. Um, 
So Dr. Bob's talking about I'm a doctor and I read everything I knew on the subject of alcoholism. And I was trying to cure my disease with a spiritual solution. But here was this guy who'd been cured by the very means I've been trying to employ. That is to say, the spiritual approach. He gave me information about the subject of alcoholism, which was undoubtedly helpful. Like, you know, phenomenon of craving. Now, this is italicized in the big book. When something's italicized in the big book, it's Bill Wilson screaming at you, right? Of far more importance... This is a talisman. Far more important was the fact that he was the first living human with whom I had ever talked who knew what he was talking about in regard to compulsive overeating from actual experience. In other words, he talked my language. So in OA, they talked my language about the food addiction. So I need that fellowship. Okay? And uh, what else did it offer me? Well, I mean, I don't know. It's a way of life. I enjoy acting participating in Overeaters Anonymous. I started meetings. I take people through the book. I give book studies. Uh, I'm always willing to help somebody. I know it's a way of life. I got friends. I visit Scottsdale every year. I see my buddy Harlan G. who I just saw at the birthday party. He's a total big book fanatic. Why? Because this book was written for desperate last gaspers. Hopeless cases. And his compulsive overeating brought him to the gates of death's door. So he knew goddamn well that another diet was not going to fix his problem. He had to get connected to a higher power. And he's a big book guy, and I'm a big book guy, so we're like a mutual admiration society every time we get together. And we all listen to each other's recordings. All right, I'm out of time.